Welcome to the Scott Harness Podcast. Well, what's up, everybody? We are super excited to have you with us today. I'm so glad that you tune in. I'm glad you're listening. You know, wherever you get this information, I want to I want to make it clear. Some people are watching us on YouTube and and you're getting a podcast and it's a video experience. I want to encourage those of you that do that to like and subscribe. Um, for those of you who are catching us as a video podcast on Facebook, would you share that with your friends? Would you just kind of make a comment, leave us a comment? You know, those kind of things help us, you know, continue to push out this material. But maybe you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or on Apple, wherever you get your podcast from, we are there. And so I would love for you to go and subscribe to those. Um, I, I recently bought a truck and this is the first, this will tell you how long it's been since I bought a vehicle and my phone syncs with the stereo. I know y'all are like, so that's no big deal. <laughs> I know for me though, that's a big deal. You know, um, I was used to listen to cassette tapes, just kidding. No, but, but my new truck actually syncs with my phone. I listen to podcasts all the time. It's one of the coolest things. I love to listen to books and podcasts and it just, I can't describe how much it's expanded, uh, you know, my knowledge base and, and inspired me. And so we would love to be that, that revenue for you. We'd love to be that venue where you can, you know, listen to what we're talking about and we're going to be uber practical for the next little bit. So we would love to, you know, continue to share this stuff with you. So wherever you get your podcast, we would love for you to catch up on that today. We're going to be kind of traveling through my book and taking some pieces of it. And let, let me tell you why we're doing it. Um, my book, More Than Happy, was was written uh, about some pretty personal parts of my life and a journey that God put me on to to deal with some of my anxiety and fear. I didn't want to re- didn't really want to write it. I didn't want to release it. It was like under 10, 10 million obstacles to finally get this book done. But the release date was a weird time. It was during the pandemic. And I'm like, why in the world would, you know, would God want me to release a book during the pandemic? Well, I understand now that a lot of us have had a lot of pressure on us. And we've been through a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of people have gone through things and you had to go through it alone. And it's brought out in a, in a lot of us, the pressure has brought out some parts of our lives and parts of our psyche that's, that's super tough and super complicated. And uh, we're trying to deal with that. We're trying to figure out what is what does the new normal look like and what is happiness really? What is, what could be more than happy? And so th- it's a it's a great chance, I believe. I believe it's a great um, resource for you um, to sort of plot your own journey. Um, I, I don't want the book to be something where you learn more about me necessarily. I'd really love for you to learn more about God and his, his activity and proactivity in our life and what he brings to the table. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to specifically talk about knowing when you need to ask for help. That was probably my biggest obstacle. It was the first obstacle, but knowing when you need to ask for help. Let me let me take you around the room real quick and kind of tell you who all's here. Um, we've got Karen Peeler, um, who leads our counseling team here and, and, and is an incredible resource. And we'll talk about counseling during this podcast today as well. Abby Atkinson is in here as well. She um, helps us with all the connections here at that church. She's an incredible spiritual leader here at our church, and she's just constantly inspiring me with, with all kinds of good stuff and makes me laugh a lot. So, <laughs> And then there's Brady Gill, and Brady's running all of our technical stuff. He's keeping track of what's going on there. But Brady also is a pastor here at the church and Brady has a ton, a ton, a ton of wisdom. Dude, dude's forgot more than I've ever known. So he's uh, not true at all. Uh, <laughs> not true at 100%, all. 100%. 100%. He can learn faster than anybody you've ever seen. Yeah. It's amazing. So, so anyway, today we're going to discuss knowing when to ask for help. And let me just kind of throw it out there as a question. In in our own experiences, guys, what what do you see? What do you see as some of those signs? Some of those maybe mile markers that that you see in people's lives when when they need to ask for help. What do you see that that they that kind of flips that breaker for people when they need to ask for help? 
I think one of the main ones is just little phrases mm. like I'm overwhelmed. I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to do in this situation. Mm. A lot of times people need that next step and help when they've really exhausted all their efforts, all they know to do. Yeah. They've yeah. used all the skills that they have and, and they need that little extra help. Uh, knowing when to ask for help really depends on, of course, your situation. But then especially if you feel like you have exhausted everything you know to do yeah. to change the situation. It's good. It's good. Um, I see it a lot in our, like my generation, the way um, I can tell someone needs to ask for help, but they haven't yet is because they've started seeking that help out in ways that are like in YouTube videos or self-help books um, or Facebook groups. And they'll find a Facebook group and ask um, like an anonymous question Um, when they really, what they need is a flesh and blood person who knows them and loves them and uh, has godly wisdom to give them and yeah. for them to go, this is my issue. Um, but I think we, we, we seek, um, our help in sources where they don't know who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we, we think we can like fix it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're so frustrated when it doesn't work. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think we're in that DIY. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was the thinking. Pinterest. We're a DIY yeah, yeah, generation. Yeah. yeah. If I have any problem, like, yeah. I mean, it, even Scott, you've talked about this. I mean, I, I need to fix some, a part of my bed or, or yeah. do something. Mm-hmm. Hey, YouTube. That's YouTube. right. That's yeah. right. And YouTube will have that answer. I that's promise right. you yeah. that. But, but it's not the answer. There's there's more problems in our lives mm-hmm. than the physical, and so yeah. you know there's a lot of spiritual that you know that we can't just learn on our our own our own. So yeah, um, yeah. And I think one of the things when when it comes time to ask for help, I think there's a couple of things. I think one, generally we're private people, and a lot of times we're like, I don't really want to vent my spleen to somebody else, you know, or maybe. Maybe it's one of those things where um, I, th- I know with me, I-, I just thought, wow, the complication of involving somebody else in my life. I may not necessarily, sometimes I don't necessarily, I'm not sure that I want somebody else's opinion about my life. Sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm concerned that I don't want to hear that. Maybe they're going to see something that I don't want them to see because we live in a world that's so filtered. But I think one of the things that's common for me as I, I work with people is that almost always we wait too long. Yeah. You know, you could have gotten help way earlier and your life could just be better. You could be mm-hmm. better. And you need to think about, you know, if if it crosses your mind, man, I'm, I need to probably reach out to talk. Then you probably need to you, mm-hmm. you, you, then do it. Don't waste yeah. time. Re- reach out and and, um, you know, um, ask somebody for help. But. You know, sometimes um, when we find ourselves in a place where, where we need to ask for help is when something in our life has changed. Um, I just posted a post uh, yesterday um, praying for people, just ask for people to, uh, you know, let me know what I could pray for them about. And I'm always humbled by all the circumstances that people are going through. And, you know, in a lot of times in, in people's lives, there's, you know, in your lives, there's been a loss, you know, there's been someone who's died. There's been a situation change. One, one lady just today I prayed for you know, her parents have, are aged and, and her mom is in the hospital and her dad's struggling to walk. And she still got all the responsibilities that, that belong to her parents' household. That's a lot. Should she reach out for help? Absolutely. She needs, she needs somebody to, to walk with her through that, to navigate with her that she can just ricochet things off of and have conversations. But, you know, sometimes, and, and this was the case for me, you may not necessarily have that great epiphany happening, happen, but you, 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 
just something changed emotionally. You know, I didn't have a physical change, but I had an emotional change and I don't really, I can't even pinpoint what triggered it, but there was a point where anxiety, worry, fear, um, you know, entered my life and, and it was uncontrollable. Um, and for me, it wasn't until I began to share with somebody else and talk to somebody else about it, that God began to open my eyes, you know, to it. And I think probably the word that, and you guys chime in on this. I think the word that I, I think is, is, is probably the biggest word, um, is I felt helpless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, when you hear people talk and they start giving those indicators uh, in conversation, I think a lot of times in American culture, what we want to do is just listen and then kind of walk off because it's uncomfortable to yeah. talk about, yeah. <laughs> talk about these things. But the reality is, is to step into that conversation and just say, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. You know, what, what's going on? Help them be able to talk it through yeah. to then understand it's okay to ask yeah. for help. Because sure. I think a lot of times in our culture, we want to just deal with it ourselves. Um, we shut down, we isolate yeah. all the things because talking about the real issue can be really uncomfortable. Sure, sure. And we're not used to being in those situations where yeah. we're uncomfortable. But the truth is, is that we heal better together. And yeah. that's God created community. Yeah. So to be able to walk through what's really going on and what's changed, we have to say it out loud yeah. and in a, in a safe place. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times at church I have like seen someone at church or whatever. And I've gone up to them and go, Hey, like girl, how are you doing? And they'll give you the, like, I'm okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, or like <laughs> they'll have just a certain look in their sure, eye. There's yeah. some kind of body language. And then, you know, the, the thing is like, okay, am I going to ask them yeah. or not? Yeah. Am I going to press gonna listen. or not? <laughs> yeah. Um, and go, okay, well, like, why is it just okay? Or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And always people, people want permission sure. to, to say, I need help. That's good. And a lot of times as the, the receiver, you have to like lead them to that point. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and, and then sometimes they'll go, I, I'm not ready to talk about it. And then, you know, you back off or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but but mo I would say nine times out of ten, they want to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And that's why just like a plug, this is why we do church. It is. That's right, community. It yeah. is. Yeah. And how important church is, you know, because I feel like there's like levels of when you think about help, and I think this is a key thing. I think that there's like this, this ongoing sort of, I don't know, life therapy that comes from just being in community in the church yeah. where you have people that before something becomes a great, great problem that, that if you were in isolation, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Instead, you get to unpack it like in your small group or in your ministry That's team good. or among the people that are around you, you know, just having people that know your name and they understand your circumstance and they care about you that you can go, Hey, this week, man, my boss just let me know that my job might not be here a month from now and having a group of people to go, Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what? That's big. Yeah, and you know that, that they actually hurt and have concern with you about what you're going through. That's so important. Yeah, you yes. know, um, I, I think at other times there's times where it's deeper, it's mm -hmm. something bigger, something, something was going on and you have to go a little deeper in that journey, you know, and that was part of my story. Um, and that's one of the things, reasons why we love, I love the counseling here at the church is that, and it's just something we offer. And I wish more churches did this. And, and I really would love for us to, Karen, I want us to share this model with other churches because yeah, for sure. I tell people constantly, probably the greatest ministry that we have at that church that I see as much life changing as anything we've ever done is counseling. Yes. And uh, we offer it's free. Um, um, we do it online. We do it live. We do it however we can get her done. That's right. And um, and just having a place where you have 
counselors that, you know, when you say counselor, you know, there's levels. I mean, obviously there's this, there's this professional Mm -hmm. um, counselors. We have primarily lay counselors. These are people who have godly wisdom. They've studied the word of God and they're going to listen to you with a caring and compassionate ear and they're going to give you godly counsel. Um, We're not, we're not mental health professionals. That's a little, that's a whole nother level at a whole nother thing. We can talk and Karen can talk about that because she's got the training, but I don't even begin to try to understand that. But the church for a number of years has always had counseling and, and there's times where you need that, you know, and, and that's hard to find. I, I, especially when I talk to people out of state, I talk, I have so many friends that are out of state and they're like, I've got this struggle with my kids. I've got this going on. And I was like, gosh, you got to find a church guy counseling, you know, yeah. cause the pastor don't have time for it. Let's just be honest. And a lot of times pastors, we don't realize this because a pastor can communicate a great message. Doesn't necessarily mean they're a great counselor. I'm just going to tell you that on the front end. That's like, <laughs> I feel like that's confessional time. So Karen will do that to you. Yeah. I appreciate you being yeah. honest. Thank you. Open. Thank you. And, uh, and that is very much truthfulness. Um, but there, you know, you need somebody sometimes that's a little bit more, but a lot of times some of the things we're experiencing is really just the absence of genuine community. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there is always going to be a void there when you try to navigate difficult spiritual issues without a church community. We lie to ourselves so well. Oh yeah. We are uh, masters at it. We all need awards. And (laughs) within community though, Abby can speak into my life or Brady can speak into my life, or Pastor Scott can speak into my life and say, hey, Karen, I've, I've noticed you drifting a little. Yeah. You you seem yeah. sad or preoccupied. Or, you know, the other day when you responded that way with frustration, um, you know, I want to talk that through. There mm-hmm. seems to be something deeper going on, and let's talk about it and, yeah. and pray about it. A judgment-free zone yeah. Yeah. means you can talk about things that you're struggling with right. and then trust the Holy Spirit to work in and through you in relationship with others to heal and to grow to be more like Christ. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, I When people ask, uh, especially new people ask what we do in the community, I always say counseling, and they kind of look at me a little funny. Like, that's not what they were talking <laughs> that's, about. They, that's not what like, you think. You think yeah, food pantry yeah, or, or clothing shelter. closet. Yeah. And yeah. I go, we do counseling. Yeah. And it reminds me of, like, um, Mother Teresa talked about how the need in America was greater than the rest of the world because America needed love. That's right. She's like, I could fix the problem in India with just some food sure. and some clothing, mm-hmm. shelter, but see, Americans have what they need. It's, yeah. But their need is like love and it's just yeah. so deep. Genuine relationships. And, mm-hmm. and genuine relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think what our church is doing is we're doing the hard work of that love, yeah. which people actually need here. Yeah. Um, we, you know, I, the, those other ministries are beautiful and glorify God. Yeah. Um, but God has called us, um, to, to meet the, the spiritual hunger of the mm. people here, yeah. um, and not just on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a, a mm. huge proponent of how we treat our community and the community comes. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I very first came here, one of the things that pastor Scott said that just, it still sticks with me. We were in a conversation about what do we do? How do we help the community? And um, he said, every problem is solved with Jesus. It begins and ends with Jesus. And it struck me. It was a seed that that the Holy Spirit planted. And I still feed off of that today when there's all these other distractions. But the Holy Spirit will bring me back to the one and say, 
uh, every need is met with Jesus. It begins and ends with Jesus. And I think that's the foundation here to know Jesus and make him known everywhere. And through counseling, sitting with people, talking to people, listening to people, teaching them the word of God in a way that addresses what's going on in their life. It is so powerful. It is. is. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest obstacles that I faced, because, you know, here's the thing you're talking for me when in the context of the book, for me, I was already a pastor. I was already in community, sort of, and I'm going to talk about that. Um, you know, I was already sort of in community, but what I had not done in reality is is given permission to um, the people around me to look within me, and I hadn't given permission. Um, I was still guarded, and so what I wouldn't do is let people speak into my life necessarily, um, especially on the things that I didn't want them to know. Um, I didn't let anybody speak into that. And so I think one of the biggest issues that we all face, especially when you're you're somewhat prideful, and that was a big issue of mine, still is. I mean, I'd love to say that's all fixed. I've got this all figured out. But, um, you know, um, pride will, will prevent you, um, especially when you're in a position where you're supposed to have it together. And I think that's the people who struggle often the most is the people who are supposed to have it together. You're like, I'm supposed to have it together, so I can't afford to have something messed up. But given a permission slip, to at least a few people sure. to speak in your life Definitely. and you have to listen to it, yeah. you know, and I have to receive it. And you know what? Not every piece of advice somebody gives you is good advice. I will say this, the people who you allow to speak to the deepest part of you, you need to know where their heart is. You know, that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. I would use that sometimes to prejudge people and discount their, their advice. And that's wrong too. But what I will say is this, is that, you know, I, I would not go to Joe's bar and grill and ask the bar, you know, tender, <laughs> what I need to do with my life. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not going to ask the most grumbly, mean spirited person in the world, how to be kind in the world. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find at least a few people that I can surround myself with, that I can trust that they love God and that they put, put a high priority on God's word to speak something into me. And I have to give them permission to do it. And I have to give myself the discipline to receive that. And I think that's a big issue. I mean, what do you guys think? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I remember uh, one time I went to an event with a, a team member, close friend, and it got a little stressful. It wasn't a, a church event. It was something else. And immediately she leaned over and she said, are you okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, well, your body language is different. I've never seen you like this before. <laughs> I stiffened up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, we had a great conversation. We talked it through. Uh, prayed together and everything was fine. But afterwards I thought, you know, that's great. Yeah. She like called me out. <laughs> yeah. I need that, you know, yeah. because like you said, when, when you feel like you have to have it all together, yep. um, that's just not true. None of us are perfect. Mm-mm. No one has it all together except well, Jesus. <laughs> and the longer you believe that, the longer you'll stay stuck. You yeah. know, that's yeah. the reason why that, I, I mean, there's just such a great crowd of people here and it's not just on our staff team. It's, it's other people that are around us. And I have some friends that, that are, are missional that are outside of the church too, that, that I give them permission to speak yes. into my life and I listen, yeah. you know, I need somebody. There's times where there's, you need that buddy to look you in the face and go, Hey, you're kind of bullcrapping everybody here. That's really cool. I like that kind of persona <laughs> you're trying to put on, but what's your struggle and what are you dealing with? You oh, know, yeah. and then you're like, yeah, I have yeah. <laughs> a very, like a, a small number of friends and like family that will just cut me to the quick. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's always done in love Yeah, and it's done uh, because they want the best for me. Um, and that, but that only happens if I am humble, you're right. 
And like, I think that is, I I'll see that with girls um, that I'm trying to, to disciple or yep. mentor. I see their struggle with pride and cause I know it cause I lived it. Um, and, um, and God is just like, you keep yourself in first John just says it over and over again right. in the light, in That's the right. light, the children of light, like that you remain in him. If you remain That's in the right. light, you keep everything out in the open. Um, but for those really special people, you know, you don't have to tell your junk to everybody, but, sure. um, but it has, um, dramatically changed my walk with God to be humble enough to tell people the things I don't want to tell anyone. Sure. Um, and, and, and I've come to recognize that voice that says, keep that quiet. Yeah. That that's yeah. for you. Yep. And, or that's just between you and God mm -hmm. and to go, no, that's, that's not actually how God wants me to live mm -hmm. my life. And to then immediately go, Hey friend, or call someone and go, Hey, I need to just tell someone this. Sure. Sure. Brady, you work with students. And I think that, I, you know, I know that there's no doubt there's probably parents listening to this podcast and, and maybe they themselves need help. But what they need help with is they need help with their kids because their kids are going through some stuff. I mean, I don't know of a time where kids are exposed to more. Um, they're expected to make adult decisions earlier than they've ever made before. Yeah. They're confronted with um, just stuff that, I mean, is just off the chart as far as horrific, horrible things. And they're having to make adult moral decisions. They're having to make adult ethical decisions. They're having to, and they're put, the, the pressure is immense among students. If, if a parent's listening to this, and let's just say that parents listen, they're going, man, I, my student, my teenager is struggling. What what advice would you give them, Brady? Where would they go with that? Well, uh, first, they need to stop giving their kids adult responsibilities. <laughs> that is um, correct. Um, they're kids for a reason. They need to live as kids for for a out. long time. That's um, true. Um, you yeah. know, they need to have that. They need to have that margin. Okay, yeah, that that yeah, says that good, I'm not Brady. going to. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to let them be kids because I know what a, an adult is and I know the responsibility that we have. So first of all, stop giving your kids these, I mean, over an abundant responsibility that, that you have, ex that, that your expectations are based off of. That's good. But I would say that you need to find some Christian, they need to find some Christian friends. Okay. Yeah. And I know mm -hmm. that we all know those Christian people that really aren't like, you know, Christian people, you know what yeah. I'm saying? They don't live, they don't live the way that they should. And, and a lot of times they'll base that bias off of that, their opinion off of that. And they're like, ah, oh, yeah, but those people, you know, they're not who they say they are. But I would say this, there's a group of students here at that church yeah. that will call you out on your bull crap. I have a, I have a couple of students that, that um, come up here all the time and, and I've, you know, had really good relationships with them because of that. And, and they'll call me out on my bull crap. That's good. You know, we all need good. So, we all need it. And so <laughs> I know they'll do it to students and, and, you, and whenever we're like in group settings and stuff and like they're up there playing games or something, like you just see like them, you know, they're, they're on top of each other, but That's I would good. say, yeah. you know, bring them here, uh, allow them to open yeah. up. Um, because you know, some, some kids will come here and they'll be guarded like you sure. And, and they'll, you yeah. know, their pride is either too high or, um, you know, they're, they're too cool or, or whatever it is. So allow them to open up, allow them to fail if they, yeah. you know, if they come here sure. and, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, but just, I would say, let them Good. be here. Um, yeah. We have a, a program that will try to push them out of their comfort zone an SLS <laughs> uh, plug. 
and um, <laughs> shameless. And it really, it really, I love it. It really is. Um, that's what I would. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Bring them here. It's good. good. That's really good. You know, I think that um, you know, I know there's people that probably listen to this, and you're you're not maybe here close. You're not local to Cabot or Sherwood, and or the Central Arkansas area, and you're going, man, where do I go? I would say shop for a place. I, I'll tell you this. YouTube gives you techniques. Um, self-help books give you techniques, but but most of the life change that you see in scripture that God embraces is not a technique, but it's a tribe. Yeah. You, you need a group of people yeah. that you're running with because here's the thing. It's not about discovering just the right answer. It's about it's about having a, a group of people with you on the journey. You're on this journey together and you need a group of people that are going in the same direction. And everybody has a tribe, whether you know it or not. Everybody has a tribe. As much as we think we're alone, we have a tribe. It's just that oftentimes we pick the wrong tribe and the and, and our students are the same way that because they're in school and we emphasize education because they're in sports and we emphasize sports. What happens is, is our kids, they begin to find their tribe somewhere else. And wherever the tribe is heading, you, you know, I, I've heard, I think Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church says this, he says, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Mm, yeah. And so I think one of the biggest things is whether you're an adult or a student or whatever, you need to do the, the due diligence of finding a place where God is showing up and a group of people are really trying to follow him. And let me tell you something, every single city has that. And I I run into people that go, oh, you know, I can't, I can't find a church. You can find a good mechanic. You can find a good doctor. You'll do the research to find, you know, a good drugstore. You look for a good place to, you know, to get food. You like, you know, the best restaurants, you know, a a trainer for their pitcher, like exactly. Yeah. And baseball practice. Yeah. 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 You can find a good church if you can find all that. That's right. Yeah. And, and it's all about what you're looking for. But what you want to find is a place where God's showing up. And there's a story in scripture where Jesus is coming out of the city of Jericho and there's this blind guy there. And, um, you know, he began when he hears that Jesus is coming, he starts screaming, you know, son of David, you know, have mercy on me, you know. And um, and he just screams over and over. Well, you know, why was that blind guy there? Well, he was there because he had heard that Jesus was going to come by that place and Jesus had come by that place before, you know, he positioned himself where God was showing up. And I'm going to say that about all of us. I need to be positioned where God is showing up. Where's God showing up? I need to get in that stream. And, and when you're in that stream, miraculous things tend to happen. Um, you know, when you're not in that stream, think about this, when you're in the stream of something else, bad things tend to happen, you know, um, wicked things, evil things, your kids begin to find something they don't need to find. That's not an accident. It's just they're in the wrong stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as parents, we feel like that we're their entertainers. We're we're their um we're their tour guides for their, you know, excursion and vacation. Really what you are though is you're supposed to be a parent. You you're you you didn't guide your kids to eat, you know, stinking peas and green beans and stuff because they're going to like it. You did it because they they need it. It's good yeah. for them. Spiritually on a much grander scale, you have to be that navigator. That means that you got to put your kids in that place, you know, and they go, well, I don't really want to go there. I don't want to, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to be their best friend. You're not, it's not right. popularity. That's right. They also you know? didn't want to wear a helmet whenever they were kids on their bicycle crossing that's, the street. You know, that's you right. told them to look both ways whenever they crossed the street. That was yeah. for a reason. That's right. Yeah. You know, you know, and I think you have to model it if you expect them to do something with it though. Yeah, you have so. to prioritize the gospel. Absolutely. In your home. Yeah. We prioritize so many things in our in our homes. But the truth is the only one that has that eternal value is Jesus That's and right. the gospel. That's right. And teaching kids that is so important. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. And you need to be able to belong to something sometimes before you can even believe it. So there's some that may be watching this going, I don't That's believe good. that Jesus thing, that Bible story and everything. That's okay. 
Uh, here's what you don't need to do. You don't need to try to figure out whether you believe it or not being on the atheist blogs. Um, what you need to do is, is you need to go where people, you see their life being different. Right. You see something unique about them. I mean, yeah. the one thing that, that I believe makes um, a church, and I see it in ours, very attractional, is it's a group of people that are just They've been made different because because of why? Because they've been with Jesus. There's just right. something unique. Yeah. There's a joy that's there even in the presence of problems. There's something that's different and something that's unique. And so, yeah. but you got to model it. If, if yeah. you want your kids to have a certain set of values, those values will not come to them unless you carry those values. If you continue yeah. to make other things work. more important, yeah. then, mm-hmm. then that's going to remain, yeah. you know, the more important thing. So yeah. 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 the parents could be one of the biggest Oh yeah, inhibitors for oh, students yeah. joining yeah. a student ministry, going oh, to church mm-hmm. in general, and yeah. and I see it a lot, and it's it's yeah. discouraging mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know you feel like you know they should be the ones there that are are, are leading their sure. homes and leading their their kids mm-hmm. and yeah and uh, yeah you don't know how many students that come and their parents don't oh yeah you know? and uh, yeah. yeah you're exactly right yeah. you're exactly right. Um, you know, I think the other thing is that there's some resistance to when it when when you know when you're looking for help and you're asking for help. I think sometimes there's some resistance. People say, "Well, don't look for it there," you know, and mm-hmm. and they'll or don't. No, that's not going to help you. I mean, you know, that's not going to help you. Um, man, you got to seek the Lord on where right. He's working. That's Go right. ahead, Abby. I uh, there's one time a girl uh, she would <clears throat> she would kind of cycle into my life every three months or four months, mm-hmm. and she would come in with the same. Um, drama, same concerns yep. every single time. I would give her the same advice every single time, mm-hmm. and then she would disappear. And yep. then three months later, she'd be back. And so the last time she hasn't been back um, since this conversation, but the last time I was with her, I finally was just like, I just cut her off in the <laughs> middle of what she was saying because <laughs> right. it was the same thing I'd heard 20 times. Yeah. And I go, Girl, I got one thing for you, and his name's Jesus. Yeah. And you're going to have to choose. Do you want him? Or not like you that like I have nothing to give you. It is just him. So if you don't want him, then don't come back. Like I I don't I know that sounds really harsh, but like you have to make that decision and you're not making the decision. You're trying to like get around it and, uh, you know, get pity or some some wise advice. But the only thing I can actually give you is this man named Jesus Christ. And you need to sit with him and go, do you? actually want him it's good and i think um i think we all get to that point of like is he really the one i want can he really help me and i think in your book you you really do a good job of talking about how to get to that spot or how you got to that spot with god just you and him and and how you Mm. needed his help and how you asked for that yeah and um you know that Asking a person for help is one thing. Mm-hmm. Asking an invisible God um, to do a huge work or even just like an emotional work in sure. your life. And that's that's actual faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. I really liked uh, in the book where you talked about how in your prayer life, you used to talk to God, but you didn't always listen because you were right. afraid of what he was going to exactly. say. And I think people find themselves in that situation quite often when uh, people come in and talk and they'll say, you know, I've never told anybody this. I've had mm-hmm. this for 42 years. I think that's the longest one yeah. uh, to date, 42 years. Wow. And I've never told a living soul this. Wow. And, you know, then they begin to talk about it. And the reason is, is because they're afraid. Yeah. yeah. They're afraid to say it out loud, afraid God won't love them. 
And that's just not true. So I love that part in your book, how you you flesh that out and you talk about how God responded to you yeah. in such a loving and kind way. He did. You know, I, was, I always thought of God being grumpy because I already made him mad, you know. I mean, and, and, and quite frankly, I knew better. So it wasn't like we're not talking about mistakes that you made. And, I, and I, it's not hard sharing a story of something stupid you did when you were 19. But to share something stupid you did that you did on the nineteenth, you know, is that's a whole different that's a whole different deal. Especially when you're supposed to yeah, know better. So and yeah. so, you know, and as much as you can fake it with some other people, other people don't see everything. And but but you're faking it with them over here. You know, God knows. Oh, so you're yeah. like, mm, oh, yeah. I can't just walk up in there. Hey, oh, you know, God. what's up? You yeah. know, you're like. Okay, you know, uh, I'm a knucklehead. Um, But, you know, one of the things that I talked about, you know, in that in the first chapter in the introduction, both was and this was a big, big part for for where the journey had to begin. I really was I'm a good pretender. I'm a really, really good pretender. So I'm a good phony. And that's the thing that I hate the most. And what I would want what I want to be the least is a is a fake. But I'm good at it. I'm a master. And so I faked it with people. And I faked it with God. When I talked to God, I, I didn't didn't give time for God to respond. I'm do these really quick prayers. Dear God, bless this food, or you know, watch over us on this trip, or or if I'm praying in front of people, you know, use some big cool, you know, dear yeah. Father of Heaven, come over, watch us, you know, whatever. <laughs> and um, but none of the time did I did I go, hey God, it's just me. I need it, you know, and so I was fake in front of God and I couldn't understand why I would give God requests, yet God didn't necessarily feel like he was responding or that he didn't respond to me. And it wasn't until I realized that, you know, I just need to be me. I got to go. And and I mean, the me, the sad, fearful, anxious me, you know, and and when I went before God that way, there was this response that came back. And I would, I could have preached this message before I did it, by the way. Um, but you have to practice it. And so, so what happened was, is that I, you know, began to pray and I just began really raw and I would mm-hmm. inventory my worst parts that, you know, mm-hmm. and the things I was most afraid of and the feelings that I was having. And so it was at that moment that I sensed God's presence and I, be, I would, I would hesitate. I would hover. So in other words, I'd have a conversation with God and I didn't just do all the talking. I'd just get quiet and I would just listen and I'd spend time in the word and I would just let God's word speak to me. And there would be verses that would just pile off the page that would just crumble my heart. And, and, you know, it was when it wasn't until I gotten in that spot that I realized that the reason why God hadn't responded before is if, if while I was pretending God had responded to me, then I would have forever embraced the idea that God loved me if I was that person I pretended mm-hmm. to be. And so God said, you know what? I'm not, I can't embrace that. Cause if I do, I'll make that indelible. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make yeah. you take your mask off because God wanted me to know that even before anything yeah. good happened, before I'd ever turned a corner, before I'd ever made a right, right decision, he wanted me to know that sad, fearful, anxious me, he still loved me, That's that I still love you. Good. And then God wants all of us to know that, you know, you don't, we oftentimes think about coming to the Lord and coming to church, get it together. And then you get into these. Things. No, it's not like that. What you do is you come broken, you come as you are. Yeah. And it's at that moment that you'll realize that God actually loves you right now, as much as he'll love you at any other point in your life. He's not going to love you more when you start, you know, into a Bible study. He's not going to love you more because you lead a small group. He loves you as much as he's ever going to love you right this minute. And you, and he needs you to know that. So he waits for you to pull off the mask. He waits for you to stop flailing and fixing, trying to fix your own life. (laughs) It's at that moment that God says, okay, now I can do a work. You know, I couldn't do a work before that. So, so good. Um, I, it reminds me of, um, in a book I read recently, I, 
and it really resonated with me. Um, I think a lot of times we think when we get really raw and honest with God with our sin that he, like you said, would be grumpy, withdraw yeah. from us. And um, the analogy that this author used was like, it's like, would a father who has a child with a disease withdraw from that mm -hmm. child? Yeah in the diagnosis or like in the, uh, the waiting room. No, the father gets near and sure. hugs the child and holds the child and um, wants to heal the child. That's right. Um, yeah. And we, you know, it's so the most important thing about all of us about me is who I believe God is mm. that like that will determine what I do with my entire life. Mm -hmm. Every small decision I make is really determined by who do I believe my father is. That's good. That's good. Um, That's good. And, um, and if you believe he's always mad at you, yeah. um, that he mm -hmm. is distant, um, that he's looking at you or that he doesn't care. Yeah. Do whatever you want. It's all good. You're fine. Um, then, then we have a, we're going to live a warped life. Yeah. But if we believe he's good with boundaries, yeah. he has a desire, he has a plan, he has a purpose, um, uh, that he has steps he wants you to take with him. So good. Um, then your whole life will look infinitely different. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, the greatest example of God's love is found in Genesis three. Mm. He knew Adam and Eve yeah. would fail. He That's knew right. that. I mean, his, the salvation was predestined. He, that was part of the plan. Jesus was always part of the plan right. to save the world. So the fact that Jesus still came down in the cool of the day to yeah. talk with them yeah. and instead of condemning them, he asked a question. He said, where are you? That's right. What have you done? That's, That's right. an engaging in conversation. That's relational. He wanted to build community with them, even though he knew they had failed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the God that we serve. Yeah. Giving them a chance to ask for help. Sure. You're right. Absolutely. You're right. He was like, what is going on? What have yeah. you done? Bring it on to the yeah. light. Let's That's talk right. about it. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah. It's and very good. Blame the woman. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. But here. <laughs> well, they all he blamed each other, actually. <laughs> they all had someone Karen, to blame. Karen got it straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He blamed the woman. She blamed the snake. And the snake didn't have a leg and to stand Adam on. Adam blamed the woman. So there you go. <laughs> I still blame the snake. <laughs> Amen. I can't stand the snake. Can't stand him. Man alive. Yeah, you know, I know this. I know when it comes time for help, I know that's a scary, I, I know that's scary for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, my journey started with kind of the, you know, I had, I was in church um, as a pastor, but I went to my doctor. I thought I was depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought, man, I must be depressed. So I went to my doctor and, and, you know, this is why, you know, for me, it was accidental, but I think it should be more intentional. I think that if the, the, when you get ready to ask for help, I do think that, you want to carefully pick that person, oh, that absolutely. first person. Yeah. Um, I think my doctor could have easily given me some really bad advice. I think he could have given me an antidepressant, yeah. but he looked at me in the face and he said, you know, most of those are placebos. You, you know, that antidepressants don't actually work. And I was like, <laughs> I've never, no, I didn't know that. I've never heard that before in my life. I'm like, I must be depressed or something wrong. I'm, you know, he's like, no, he said, most of those are placebo. They don't actually work. And he said, then they work for a season and they don't anymore. Sure. He said, so he said, let's talk about what you've got going on for the next 45 minutes. We just talk, you yeah. know? And I mean, he just goes through, you know, what are you doing? What are you mm -hmm. practicing? You know, where are you at? And, and, you know, as a pastor, it was great to not have somebody go, oh, you're a pastor. So Judgment, yeah. pastors are supposed to, <laughs> so here you are. I just yeah. listened to that last week's yeah. message. You're supposed to have it all together. But he didn't do that. And that was a big deal. That's and that good. that sparked the journey. Now, I'll say this. That was not the last step. 
It was the first. And you know what? I'm healing doesn't always look like mm-hmm. what we thought it would look like. Yeah. And um, your daughter, Madeline, said that to me. Yeah. She said, my healing doesn't look like what I thought. Yeah. And uh, when she said that to me, I was like, you know what? I've kept that. I've held yeah. that in my pocket because um, in the process of time, you know, God is still doing a work in all yeah. of us. And me too. Absolutely. You know, there's not like an arrival spot, you know, but instead you just continue to, to work on things. And, and as, as you continue to agree with God and you continue to remain transparent and you continue to give people permission and you continue to ask for help. That's good. Because you got to ask for help at different times. And this is not a one time deal. And, and, and that's one of the things that I wanted to really get across with the book was that this was not a one time decision, nor was it a one-time answer, but it's, it's this journey and this pursuit that God is going to continue working in our life, but it is incredibly joy filled. It is is better than, it is way more than happy. You know, it really is. Mm -hmm. And so, so Karen, what do you have? You had something I thought you was going to share. Well, along the way, you know, the great thing about healing is, is that when you receive comfort, God designed it for you to comfort other people. So true. When you receive that healing, that word, that compassion from God, then we're supposed to extend that to other people, the mercy, the kindness, whatever it is that God gives us so good. to be multiplied. Sure. So I, I love that you always share about your healing and the stories mm. uh, of your relationship with God, mm. because that's you extending that then to other people. And God yeah. always heals us so that we can then share that with other people. It's good. So good. Right. So good. You know, Philippians is one of my, it's my, one of my favorite books in all the Bible. Um, and I, I, I write a whole chapter on the book of Philippians because it's a unique book. I didn't really know much about it, but what I discover about the book of Philippians is, is that it's really God's breadcrumb trail of, of real, yeah, real joy good. where joy mm-hmm. really is. And, and Paul writes to a church that probably that community probably treated him worse than any other community. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, that'd be the one that you'd write them a letter. You'd be like, I hope, you know, flower pot falls from the window seal, you know? Um, but he doesn't, he writes them the most encouraging letter. Yeah. The second thing he does, he writes it at one of the most discouraging times of his life. Right. I mean, he's in prison. So he writes the most encouraging letter at the most discouraging time. Yeah. Um, he, he, you still see it. And what, what God's doing is he's putting on a clinic through Paul. He's saying, Hey, so good. this joy, because I think so many, of us, we, we look to God, God, fulfill this dream, fulfill this, this expectation, make this thing happen for me, you know, help me get that job. And then I'm going to be, this is it yeah. more than happy is something that transcends, transcends all of those circumstances. And Paul lives that out, you know, so he writes the most joy filled letter you could ever write to a group of people who are the most miserable to him. And he writes it at a time that should be the most miserable time of his life, but he's still just spilling over with joy that, that is what mm. God wants to give us. And that's, that's not good. something we can get anywhere else. It's that's just, it just, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no self-help, you no. know, program no. out no. there. There's no YouTube video you'll watch. Uh-uh. I mean, you're just not going to find it. Right. I mean, that, uh-huh. that comes straight from the right. Lord. So, so and I would, I would also point out in the life of Christ, when it comes to asking for help, he, um, in his lowest moment at Gethsemane, yeah, he asked his his disciples, "Come and pray with me," and they he totally did. failed him. They did. <laughs> Bless them. I would you know, I get you know when I'm tired, I'm out. Um, but Amen. go home and. But sleep. like Jesus even showed us, like you, if I ask That's for help, right. you good. ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, once again, just his humility is just so striking yeah. um, that he, he would even um, allow them in to mm-hmm. his darkest moment. Um, 
and how they responded wasn't, you know, the best, but he had grace for them even in that. Um, right. Even they, they didn't have the best response. And he was like, oh, the flesh is willing, but the, or whatever, the spirit's willing, but the flesh, flesh is, is weak. weak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't know. I think we can see in his life our own examples. And I would, my one piece of advice for people who, um, who know they need to ask for help, have a hard time asking for help or confessing sin yeah. is build the muscle. Yeah. Build yeah, the muscle. Do, do mm -hmm. one little thing. Yep. You don't have to confess your biggest, yeah. darkest, deepest secret your first time. You can just say, just kind of like feel that person out that you believe um, is a wise Christian mm -hmm. and just kind of go, Hey, I struggled with this this week and see what the response is. Sure. And Absolutely. then when you That's do that, cool. You can take a bigger step and, um, and then you must continue it until you die. That's right. <laughs> like, there's never you this, never like, stop. I have now, yeah, there's no arrival point. Like you said so often, Pastor Scott, it's, um, I, I need to actually, sometimes I need to stop and go, okay, Abby, um, you haven't like called your little sister and like said, Hey, I need mm. to confess some things lately. Mm. What, what are your things? You're not perfect girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> like, so figure it out. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think that's great. You know, Jesus was that example. He said, I'll show you what community looks like. Sometimes you're going to let each other down. Yeah, sure enough. that's what community looks yes. like. And that's OK. Yeah. That's right. Because we're human. We're frail. Right. Jesus, of course, was fully God and fully man. But he still felt all the things that we feel today. Yeah. Sure. And he understood that in community, there's going to be times when we don't do what we should. But that's in right. that. We still love one another. That's, right. That's what he modeled for us. And we honor one another and we encourage one another. And within a community is where you grow. Yeah. And that's, that's the best place to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would say this is that, you know, if you find yourself right now, you, you're going, man, should I ask for help? I don't know, you know, if I should or not. I would just say, I'm going to steal it from Nike, okay? Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Um, and start looking for it. Yeah. You know, you, you may not find exactly what you need the first place you look. But, you know, if you were buying a house, you wouldn't just go to the first. Well, some people buy the first house they look at. But let's just say that most of the time you just keep <laughs> looking until you find the one that you're looking for. Keep looking, you know, and you say, where do I need to look? I would suggest you look where you see God doing something you know you want to be where God's showing up yeah. and and that that's in a lot of different places you know for me when I was in flight school in the army um, it was a little bitty church it was called Yule Bible Baptist Church in Yule Alabama and it wasn't <laughs> big as anything but I found I God showing up in this little bitty country church and he did some great stuff in my life and radically awesome. transformed my life. And they, these people don't even know who I am at this point. You know, they're pretty, I don't they may not be alive. The people were there back then. But anyway, you know, just look in every community. There's a there's a community of peace. There's a mm -hmm. place where God is showing up. Find that place. Don't stop yeah. till you find it. Then give permission. Give permission to some people to speak into your life. Surround yourself with some people that love God. Now, I want to say this. Do not put yourself downstream from people who are putting off pollution. That's um, right. It's going to be really important that you position yourself upstream from them, but downstream from some people who are putting off some good, clean, solid, good. godly advice and godly directing. You find yourself in a place where you're like, man, I need something probably more than that. Maybe something catastrophic's happened in your life. and You're like, man, I got something going on. Give us a shout. Um, our counselors, it doesn't matter what state you live in. It doesn't not matter what country you live in. Our counselors will work out a way to work with you, um, whether that's over the phone. We can do FaceTime. We can do, you know, whatever. We can do however we need to do it. We can help you with that if you can't find that, you know, locally where you are. 
um, you need to find that local community, but maybe you need a little, little solid, you know, higher level help. If you live local to central Arkansas, we're here, you know, we're here for you. Um, and I would say the same thing about your students, you know, getting them involved in something, getting them involved in a community. Everybody's got to have a tribe. It's not about a technique. It's about a tribe right. and get them in a tribe where they can, you know, have a group of people going in the same direction. You need it as well. So do I. We all do. The reason why God gave us the church is because we can't really do this alone. Yeah. Um, it's too big of a burden. When man was alone and he carried the identity of God all into himself at the very beginning of our story, God said it's not good for man to be alone. Right. And so what does God do? He creates community. He pulls yeah. woman out of man. He says, you two together are better than you by yourself. You're not getting to where I need you to be by yourself. And let me say this, you're not going to self heal and you're not going to heal by yourself. It's just not possible. So you can mask it, disguise it. You can, you can medicate it. You can, you can what it pretend. Um, but we don't get better by ourselves. So you got it. You've got to reach out. And I would say, just do it. Find out where God's working, right. get involved with that. And just, Amen. just start this journey, you know, yeah, it's good. you know, Amen. pile into that. So yeah. Well, I tell you what, I think we've kind of, I think we've kind of burned that up, that topic. I think it's a good, good topic for us. And I think we ran through it. There's a lot more, you know, I'll say this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll give a shameless plug for the book. I think more than happy is a great opportunity for you to see in a real raw sense, somebody who's supposed to have it together, but didn't and, and began to learn the, the process and began to learn what I needed to do to get there. And I would love to share that with you. Um, the book is available on Amazon. Um, we'll put a link in the description um, for you to get that. We're, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to pull chapters out from it, but we're going to try to discover some things together. But if we can help you in any way, um, like I said, with counseling, I say this about our counseling, it's fabulous and it's yes. free, yes. you know, that's a good price. So good. Yes. if we can help you with that, or if you want a copy of the book, um, I would just say, Hey, pop over there to Amazon more than happy and, uh, and grab that. So anyway, until next time, I just want to say, God bless you. And here's what I pray. I pray that God will help you on the journey that he has you on. If you'll, if you'll reach out to him and you'll let him show you and guide you, I promise you, he's going to bring you to a place that you never thought you could be. It'd be something incredible. So may God bless you till the next time we see you.